0: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Ace on Music. I am joined as always by Mark and Sean, and we have Emma behind the board as well. So this week I thought it would be interesting for us to discuss something that has probably had more impact on the music industry in the last 20 or so odd years than almost anything else, and that's this concept of streaming. Streaming music, whether it be through services like YouTube and Spotify or the many many other ones that are out there and there is this is one of the most divisive one uh topics in this industry i mean it's it's a love hate thing with artists i mean there are there are advantages to the streaming and there are disadvantages but streaming in general has been the vehicle that has led us down the path of less physical sales and more digital consumption of music over the last number of years. And whether or not that is a good or a bad thing is is left up for debate, and we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Now, the traditional model of the recording industry pre-2000s was that an artist would put out an album and they would sell X number of units. You know, in the case of so Even with some of the artists that I represent in the in the 70s and 80s and things like that, they were selling millions of copies of, of a record and making large amounts of monies off of that. But in this day and age, you don't sell millions of copies. In fact, it was one of the biggest revelations that I came into was uh, a number of years ago when you realized that uh, an artist who sells maybe 50 or 100,000 units of an album is going to be number one. Uh, on the charts it 's just it 's just the way it works these days people don 't physically go buy c d s or anything like that. I mean vinyl has kind of taken over the market as far as the novelty of it. but the vast majority of music is now consumed through streaming services, and the way that these services work is either you are having to endure ads uh um, while the content is being played, and the platform generates revenue doing that or uh, they ask the subscribe the people to pay a subscription fee on a monthly basis or an annual basis or however they do it and then you get this whole concept of streams you know how many streams in other words how many times does your song get played on these platforms and then uh, what these plat- what these platforms like Spotify or YouTube do is they then pay you uh, a certain um, an agreed upon fee <coughs> excuse me uh, based on, however, you know, uh, uh, some fee that they've negotiated with the labels or whatever. And when you take a, a label like Spotify, it is not, you know, a penny a song or or a dime a song or whatever. It's fractions of a penny every time it's played. So you literally have to have millions of listens of your song in order to start generating what we would consider to be decent amounts of revenue. But Uh, And then, of course, that revenue also has to get split with your record label because they're going to want their cut of of this money as well. So I I know especially a lot of older school bands really look on things like Spotify and YouTube as as the enemy and as Mm. the devil and, and how it's ruining the music industry. But in reality, there are some really strong truisms that we have to look at here. First of all, it's here to stay. It's not like streaming is going to go away. It's not like you can, you know, stamp your feet or bang on the table with your fist. It's not going away. So we have to figure out how to use it as a tool like we use anything else. So, but, you know, the thing that a lot of people don't really seem to appreciate in this day and age, and we've talked about this on other shows, and you and I have talked about this, and Mark as well, many times, is that in today's day and age in the music industry... Albums are lost leaders. When a band makes a record, it's not because they're hoping to get rich off the record. I mean, it would be nice, but that's just not what they're about anymore. A new album is here to give the band an excuse to go onto the road and play, and that's where they really make their money off of ticket sales, off of merchandise sales, meet and greet sales, etc., etc. So. You know, the the big goal that we have with any album that we make right now is just seeing if we can generate enough revenue off of it so that it pays for itself. Um, because it's still not a cheap affair to make records mm-hmm. in, in this day and age. So um, I know that uh, I was a little bit late coming to streaming just because it's... Uh, I mean, I, I was very fortunate that early on I had a, a friend who ran these tech... Uh, conferences here in l a where she would organize uh people of like-minded industries to get together and almost like make these social meet and greet things to try and generate synergy be t- between them and one day she had the guy uh Daniel elk who went on to form spotify and and i and I had an evening's conversation with him and he was he was very interested in talking to me because you know it's it's all about Content for them at they were just a block, they were just starting out at the time they wanted to make relationships with with band managers especially to try and convince them to allow their artists to allow the material onto their platform, but um, and it was something that we were that we were pretty hesitant about at first because we couldn't really see the big picture as what we were losing was the revenue that we were experiencing from the physical product physical, yeah but. You know, what, the, the market changes as to what people want. Right. And when those services became available, um, it was going to happen whether you want. I mean, YouTube has so many, uh, some ridiculous amount of new content that's uploaded to that platform right. every day, 24,000 hours or something like that right. every day.
1: You know, a, a lot of people didn't understand that back when streaming like Spotify was just starting out. There was a lot of uh, piracy and, uh, and a lot of that going on and distribution problems and people just ripping off music and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Spotify built on helping out music artists to get them out of the, the bootleg hands of people just downloading them illegally and getting them some kind of organization to where they could get some credit, you know? Well that's that was supposedly I that's how I thought of it as a platform I didn't think it was going to go the
0: route it did now well I'm I, I'm not naive enough to think that anybody who's out there to try and make money is doing it for the good of whatever I mean oh they're no out, they're out to make money. It, it, yeah but the reality is is that you know it was difficult to take to to adjust your thinking I mean the same thing happened back in in the early 2000s when you had Napster and you started having the whole MP3 thing and file sharing and that whole concept, you know, where the the record industry dug its heels in and fought it hook, line, and sinker and really didn't want anything to do with it. But the market does what it does. And either you adapt or you die. And a lot of them died. And, you know, a a lot of the controversy about Spotify and YouTube and all this is not so much about the fact that streaming exists now, it's the reality. It's just the way it's going to be. Right. The, the the question is how much the artist gets as compensation for their music being played on this platform. And the thing that most people don't understand is you take a platform like Spotify and of all the money that they're generating of from either from subscriptions or ads or whatever however they're generating their money, they pay out about seventy five percent of their revenue in artist royalties. Mm. So they're working on a very thin margin of of, of revenue in, in, in what they're doing. Now there are some big advantages to having something like Spotify as well. Now you've been with me long enough to see this transition where, you know, even ten years ago when one of our bands would come out with a new album. Uh, The label would, you know, in in general, we pick a single to start the ball rolling that's going to get released to the public. And even then, that single would usually get pressed into a CD, like a single track CD that then gets, they maybe print a thousand of it. And they get sent out to all the radio stations Mm -hmm. so that those places will play it. Well, that doesn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm everything's done digitally you know you can send the the track and and there's been some other wonderful innovations there like it always used to scare the crap out of me when we would have a new record and you want to get the buzz going from the press and but you know that as soon as you have that product in out of your hands whether it's in the pressing plant or if it's in the hands of PR people or in the hands of journalists even if you ask them, do not share this, they're going to share it. Right. And every album gets, gets uh, bootlegged as soon as that happens out there on, on the various things. So uh, you know, there's a streaming service now where what we can do is we can set up the album in such a way that we can, I can, for example, send you an email that says, okay, here, here's your link to download the album. You can listen to it. Mm-hmm. But every one of those tracks is watermarked so that if it ends up somewhere in the world i can literally just download that file run it through the software and it says oh well that watermark belongs to sean baldwin right you can go kick his ass for releasing it to the world you know so but when you have something like spotify the whole the whole thing changes now everybody uh, you know, you release a, a, a track to begin, you know, a month or so out, or two months out, and then you do another one a month out, and you do one on the day of release, and so it's it's all digital. But it doesn't cost me if I'm going to release a, a track through Spotify, it costs me nothing as far as physically making that product. I literally upload the file to Spotify, and now it's there for the world to consume. And if I have 100 million streams on a song, it costs me personally as much as one stream of a song because there's no cost in making all of the copies that get listened to. That's true. The one area that is always difficult to deal with these days is um, there are certain genres of music that groove to streaming more than others. Right. Now, you and I, we're big fans of classic rock. And and harder rock, metal, and things like that. And by coincidence, those genres tend to still delve into physical product more than a lot of other ones. So, <clears throat> that being said, it was a, a a transition for us to get our artists to get on board with the the streaming streaming, yeah. the streaming ideals, but. Now that it that now that it's basically it's it's too big a, a thing to to fight anymore, you know. But all right. even even wrap your head around this for a moment. Um, when the whole MP3 controversy started with Napster and all that stuff, and the labels were digging in, you know, Apple saw an opportunity there and they created the Apple iTunes Store, and mm. it became the biggest music outlet in the world for quite a few years there, where they were selling. 50 billion mp3s a year and it was all this money being generated. Mm-hmm. That entire store is shut down now because people just don't why would you go and pay 9.99 to download this record from Apple iTunes store when you can yeah. go to Spotify and click a button and listen to it for free
1: or YouTube and watch a lyric video. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that baffled me like when that was going on I'm like People were buying it, though, you know, and it was pretty popular. And I always paid for it because I felt like I owed it to the artists that I listened to. But it was like, who's going to keep doing that? I'm just because I'm older and I think that way. These The next generation's not even, you know, going to pay for any of that. Well,
0: Mark, you know, you, you've been in this industry as long as we have. And you saw it from a, a different aspect, from the legal aspect. How? What is your whole take on the streaming situation?
2: Well, Ace, <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a couple of a couple of quick thoughts. I, you know, the, the it's it's sort of fun from a legal from a legal perspective to look at at what happened with Taylor Swift and others, and in the sort of as streaming was getting going. But I do have a quick comment. Yeah, there's a small percentage of the amount, uh, you know, paid at 0. 0.0005 uh, cents per, per stream, which equates, uh, I think, ballpark to about 250 or 300 streams per dollar. Uh, as a musician, in my entire career, uh, getting some radio play, particularly out of the Philadelphia market, my ASCAP and BMI revenues totaled zero. And the reason why it totaled zero is because there were these complex formulas. One of the, one of the performing rights societies would sample and I never came up on the sample, which meant I was never entitled to a piece of the pie. And then the other performing rights uh, society did their calculation differently. And I never came up as part of their pie. And so while streaming has had an impact on some on many artists, the majority of the artists of the world are now ex- now able to achieve revenue that they would never have been entitled to before for what it's worth. I know it's not enough to make a living. I know it's really complicated. I know when Olivio Rodrigo uh, uh, yeah, uh, gets a billion downloads that, that that is the most ever and is in great living. Uh, and I know most of the artists are not in that position or they have to get a whole lot, but I, 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 it was never good. The, the, the way radio worked was it benefited a handful of artists at the detriment of everybody else who all paid fees into that pot and never got a penny back. And so uh, I, I don't, I don't look at it streaming like it's a problem. You know, it's, it's music's always been for the big, big boys and, uh, and, and the little, is it suffered. It's just the way it works. So I think streaming is an opportunity in that sense. Uh, it does. It takes away from CD sales. That's for sure. Nothing we could do about that. The markets have changed. We've covered that on other episodes as well for other ways artists can achieve revenue. Um, from a streaming perspective, the the incredible thing about this is it's just a license. It's the same license that Starbucks, when they wanted to avoid ASCAP and BMI fees, the same artist the same license that Starbucks went ahead, they directly licensed content in order to to make sure that they had the right to do it, and they were able to cut out all other revenue streams. And in the beginning of that, the artists actually fared very well because that license was not bad. It was a pretty good license, way more than they would have gotten. Had had Starbucks just played that music and paid their ASCAP and BMI fees, um, and so I it, it it's a licensed deal. The artist has the right to license it to whomever they'd like, and uh, and as a result, I actually think Spotify has has had a positive. Spotify and the others have had a positive impact
0: on the average artist. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, as we as we've said previously, it bears repeating at this point is that in this day and age the albums that artists put out are designed to generate interest in having this band go on the road. You know, you have a legacy act, even in a legacy act, like say kiss or, you know, in my case, Uriah Heep, or whatever, they, they have a formidable catalog that they can call on. They're certainly going to play a vast majority of that catalog when they, when they, when they go on tour and do their world tours, but they're, you know the press is not really all that interested in talking to you or 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 anything like that if all that you got is another tour unless it's some landmark tour like you know the eagles reformed 20 years after they broke up or whatever but basically if we put out a record it's literally a lost leader. You know, it gives us the opportunity to talk to journalists or have our artists talk to journalists about what's going on with the band, and people start seeing the name all over the place, and they go, "Yeah, yeah, I really dig that band." And you know, when when they see the tickets go on sale, they'll they'll go buy one and go experience it. But you know, in my opinion, it took it took us a while to see this, but uh, streaming has really been a powerful tool in our in our in our arsenal of weapons to to advance our artists and that is that if if i get somebody interested say uh it, it's a it's a much different beast even when it comes to journalists to be able to say uh oh you know we want to do an interview with so and so can we hear the new record yeah go to spotify click mm-hmm. on it and it's free and you can hear it that uh, it's a real it's a real powerful tool and also people are if, if somebody has a Spotify or uh, access to YouTube or Spotify or whatever and and for for whatever reason maybe they read one of those articles that the journalist wrote or whatever about this new album that they're doing they're going to be more likely to just quickly go on to Spotify and say well I'm going to give that a try there's literally nothing for them to lose if they click on the new Uriah Heap album they can listen to it and it's not going to cost them anything and so they're going to give it a chance. Mm-hmm. More likely to give it a chance than than say if they uh, if they if they had to go out and spend the 14.99 or whatever to buy a CD or 10.99 to download it from Apple iTunes or whatever. Right. So. <clears throat> I know that you particularly are a massive audiophile mm-hmm. the sound quality of everything seems to dominate your life <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, i've listened to this you know type of music for so many years i'm just a music fanatic i like i just like listening to that but you know going back to what you're talking about to me uh streaming services is a, a battle of entitlement this is how i look at it you got the artists you got the streaming service and then the customer that listens to it and everyone has a different way of what they're entitled to you know and i think they need to come up with a situation that benefits all three of those those platforms the artists streaming service and um the customer you know right now it's just it's all to me. It's just a little jambled up right now. It, ha- it hasn't really sorted itself out. But you know, we get to listen to whatever we want. But I, you know, going back to what you're asking me about pain for music. I mean, I, I, I like listening to clear, nice music. You know, I'm not. I don't. I can't listen to it in one speaker unless it's it's something. I'm in the shower or whatever.
0: You know. But yeah. So that was what that was the point I was going to get at. Mm-hmm. You're a real audiophile. You really have gone through you know we have friends like that too i have friends who have spent <clears throat> thousands of dollars setting up their their audio enjoyment center if you like yeah and um the, the one of the one of the things that that spotify or youtube get a little bit maligned about is the quality, quality of yeah. the audio and now i know that you do listen to spotify and that you use it yeah, so
1: Well, mainly Amazon HD because of the, 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 the better sounding platform.
0: Okay. That's a good example. Amazon, yeah. their music service came up with an HD version, which had higher quality audio files for a better audio experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you pay a premium for that and all that, which I think is a great idea. I mean, that's definitely where it's going to go.
1: Yeah. And it, it even tells you what quality you're playing at, depending on your connection to your internet too, which is kind of cool. But you know, you're talking to somebody. Look, I don't know. Do you remember when uh, regular radio went to HD radio with the better quality? Yeah. Uh, okay. So
0: didn't really catch on, but yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> I, I still have the HD receiver to transmit regular radio into HD because they do like uh, radio stations like KLOS and, and, and you know the the main radio stations here in LA. They um, they still have the HD connection, so. I actually still listen to uh, the radio with an HD. I'll
0: tell you one of the most clever (laughs) things to make it sound better. (laughs) I saw something really clever in England a number of years ago. There's a streaming platform there. I think it's called Deezer. Yep. Deezer. And they did a cross promotion with Pringles potato chips. You know, the ones that come in the tube and what they, what, because somebody had done some video or something where they showed how you could take a Pringles tube and make a couple of alterations to it and put your iPhone or whatever phone you had that we were streaming off of, and you could use suddenly turn the tube of the Pringles can into a bit of a speaker and get a better, bigger audio so, quality yeah. out of your Deezer, right? Yeah. And so they did this thing, you know, that you got uh, three free months of Deezer if you bought this can of potato chips. And then there was instructions on and the tube on how to set this up <laughs> so you could hear the better quality audio with your potato chips. Right. <laughs>
1: They had a guy on Shark Tank that actually came up with a device that clips on the back of your your phone that cups the speakers to make it come back at you. And it actually was like, I don't know, like 10, 15 bucks. So it's like a little little niche thing. Yeah, I see. I saw one
0: in the store the other day. It was kind of like a, a bubble and you put your phone in there and this echo chamber or whatever causes the audio to come out deeper and richer so you could hear. So, I mean, there are solutions and and, and, and that sort of thing, but... Getting back to the point of what we're saying, Mm -hmm. streaming services, they're here to stay. Mm -hmm. And we are going to, we've learned to use them as a tool to, to help advance the artists and that sort of thing. So I honestly think that in, you know, the next five or so years, you will see three major corporations dominate the music industry. And you'll have, it'll be a combination of Spotify and Amazon and Apple and Somewhere along the way, pe- you know, people will keep getting bought out, and and they'll be the ones running the music industry as far as getting the content out to the to the people. So
1: and hopefully, album sales will go even higher.
0: Well, <laughs> I think album sales album? are going to keep going down.
1: Well, they're actually really high right
0: now. Well, they're not. Well, they're really not. <laughs> they're, they're not. And and it, streaming numbers are going up and up and up. In fact, a lot of people don't even realize this. You know, everybody heard about the charts the billboard charts and you know you know where where i was number one on billboard and all that crap well the thing that you don't realize or most people don't realize these days is that they had to change the formula Mm. because so much of the music was being consumed via streaming that they had to add that into the formula it wasn't fair not to so i'm not sure off the top of my head what the numbers is but it's like something like every seven streams or every 10 streams or whatever that you get is the equivalent in the charts of selling an album. Mm. So, if you had a million streams, then, you know, it's like selling a 100,000 records and that's going to affect your chart placing. And that's just the way it works now. So, Mm. bottom line is, streaming's here to stay. Embrace it or die. (laughs) (laughs) So, in the meantime, I wanted to thank... I wanted to thank uh, Sean and Mark and Emma and everybody here for participating in this show. And I want to thank all of you out there for your continued support uh, of the show. You you can come head on over to the Patreon.com platform and check out our after-hours show after this and see what shenanigans we get up to there. And uh, if you want to send us any feedback, you can send emails to acetalksmusic at gmail.com or just leave comments in whatever platform you're experiencing this show in. we love to hear from you and we'd love to hear what things you like, what you don't like, maybe what you'd like to see us talk about in the future. In the meantime, everybody take care of yourself and uh, we'll see you again real soon.